0: This is Chapter 141 of the WCBS Author Talks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WCBS 880 Books. I'm Lisa Chernkovich. Coming up, we learn to drop the social media mask and live more truthfully with author Claire Pooley. Then, we learn to discover our louding voice with Abby Dare. How many of us out there are guilty of having tons of friends on our carefully curated social media accounts, but not so many real-life connections. Seriously, when's the last time you had an actual conversation with a friend? Not a text exchange or an email or a Facebook post. That modern-day crisis sparks The Authenticity Project, the debut novel from Claire Pooley. In it, six strangers become connected by one green notebook that encourages its readers to share the truth about their lives. She spoke to us from her home in London and sets the story up for us. The story all revolves
1: around this little green notebook and an artist who's 79 years old and he's called Julian Jessup and he writes on the front of the notebook the Authenticity Project and on the inside he writes, everybody lies about their lives, what would happen if you told the truth instead? And he writes the truth about his life which is that he's very lonely and isolated since his wife died 15 years previously. And he then leaves the notebook in a cafe where it's picked up by the owner called Monica. And she writes her own truth in the book and decides that she is going to track down Julian and try and make his life better. Then she leaves the book in a, in a wine bar where it's picked up by an addict called Hazard. And basically, the book is passed between one person and the next, six different people, and they all leave a secret in the book and they all meet each other and their lives start to transform in different ways. So, yes, that's, that's, the, that's the basic
0: story. And this happens to be a very personal story for you, right?
1: Uh, Yes, it is rather, because about five years ago, if you looked at my life on my Facebook feed on my Instagram feed it all looked pretty perfect and the truth is it wasn't perfect at all because I was um horribly addicted to alcohol and my life was was really falling about at the seams um but uh but that that wasn't the way that that it appeared and what I did was very much like the characters in the book was I told my truth not in a in a notebook but in a blog and doing that really changed my life, and it changed the lives of thousands and thousands of people who read it. And that got me thinking, well, if telling the truth about your life can change so many things around you, what would happen if everyone did it? And that's really what led to the, the idea of the book.
0: Is there one character who's more like you, or do each of them have a little bit of you in them?
1: Oh you know what my my 16 year old daughter read it and she said to me mummy you do realize that all of these characters are you and okay. and I hadn't really realized that at all until she said it uh, but actually each of the characters apart from one has a fatal flaw and all of those flaws really are mine, you know, so one is an addict, uh, one is, is a, a little bit of a control freak, uh, one has a bit of an addiction to social media, and, and those, those are all, all things that, that actually I share. So,
0: so yes, they, they, are, they are slightly based on me. It seems like the right book too for our digital age and a, a gentle nudge to stop looking at our phones so much and actually look up and maybe connect with the people around us. Yes,
1: you know, because these days don't don't you find that sort of we are all so connected to so many people all over the world? You know, we we have thousands and thousands of virtual friends, and yet so many people are lonely. You know, even in our big cities like London and New York, you know, people are. You know, are often sort of living very isolated lives, and um, I think what this this book does it shows you the power of community and and the power of sort of um, getting to know the people around you. Um, and and that's that's something that uh, that I think many of us are missing right now.
0: And it's amazing too that people can have such strong feelings of loneliness and yet be in these cities of millions of people and have all these thousands of friends online and the human connection is missing
1: yeah and and actually the book explores different sorts of loneliness too because julian is is lonely in the traditional sense in that you know since his wife died he he's just isolated himself and and he's lost contact with his friends and family um but uh, monica the cafe owner is um you know is single and she's a a feminist and she's um you know she's always busy and she has people coming in and out of the cafe the whole time and but what she really wants is a man to share it with and there's a big tension there between her being a feminist and yet thinking well actually I don't want to be on my own um and I think that's something that a lot of women struggle with and um and then you've got Alice the who's an Instagrammer and a new mum and uh She's married with a small baby, but she's very lonely inside a marriage. And sometimes, you know, a marriage can be the loneliest place in the world. So, so yes, I think there are different ways of being lonely. Do you talk with strangers after writing this novel now? Um, yeah, I do much, much more than I used to. And and the other thing I, I'm very aware of now is, is that, you know, everybody has stuff going on in their lives. And, you know, the thing about the Authenticity Project is it, it is all about the difference between what people show on the outside and, and who they really are on the inside. So now, you know, when I see people... You know, uh, at the school gates or, or wherever, I, and and they're maybe a bit unfriendly or or a bit sort of you know a bit off. I won't take it personally. I'll I'll sort of think, well, you know, what's going on in their lives? Have they got a sick child or a, uh, an aged parent they're looking after? I mean, everybody has something going on.
0: I sort of feel like after reading the book that they. They should have stacked a lot of blank pages at the end of it. That way everyone who reads it can kind of write their little old thing down and then pass the book around like (laughs) its own little meta authenticity project.
1: Oh, that would be so lovely. I mean, actually, I've already had people contact me saying things like, you know, I read the book and it made me want to look up um, a friend I hadn't seen for years, or I read the book and it made me really think about what I was posting on Instagram. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope it does. You know, it's a it's a, it's a very light, uplifting read, but I, I hope that it also does make people think a little bit about their lives and, and maybe do things slightly differently.
0: In the end, is that really what you want readers to take away from it? Uh, yes. I
1: mean, I, 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 I would like to, you know, life is, is pretty hard a lot of the time. And and I would love them to just come away from reading this book feeling more uplifted and more positive about humanity, but then also maybe just to think a bit more about the people ar- uh, around them and what's really going on in, in people's lives and not to take social media seriously you know so it's so easy to look at in other people's instagram feeds and it makes us feel depressed because it all looks so perfect and just to remember that's not real life i think that would be a good take out
0: i think that's going to be a hard lesson for some people to learn
1: <laughs> it's a hard lesson for me even so when i wrote the book so yes i know what you mean
0: We've been talking with Claire Pooley. Her new book is The Authenticity Project. Thank you so much for spending some time and talking to us today about it, maybe opening some people's eyes to stepping away from that phone and talking to an actual real life person instead. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for talking to me. In The Girl with the Louding Voice, readers are introduced to Adani, a poor, uneducated Nigerian girl working as a housemaid in a rich family's home in the capital city of Lagos. And while she's been dealt a horrible deal in life, Adani is brimming with hope and isn't one to acquiesce quietly. Author Abby Dare recently stopped by our studios and shared the conversation with her daughter that inspired the novel.
2: So, I lived in Lagos I was born in Lagos in Nigeria, and I lived there for close to twenty years and Growing up, I lived in a neighborhood with a lot of other families and I noticed that many of the families, including mine, were had young girls, sometimes slightly older as maids and One thing I noticed was that many of those girls were not educated; they come from poor homes in the neighboring villages and Lagos is a city, so it's quite it's quite modern and many of them were not well treated. And so seeing all that, I had a lot of questions growing up, but I was quite young then and questions I didn't voice. And then when I had my own children many years later, when my daughter turned eight, I began to see that this this wasn't uncommon to find an eight-year-old as a maid. And so seeing that my child, my daughter at that age, made me start to think again about my background growing up and seeing all the things I saw. So I started to do some research and I decided to, to write the story.
0: And you, you tell an interesting story of this conversation with your eight-year-old daughter yes. where you're asking her to do chores yes. and you mentioned <laughs> that they're girls her age and she's like, can I get paid to do I that?
2: I absolutely. So, she, you know, I'd asked her to do some chores that morning to help with the dishwasher and she was moaning. She wanted some Haribo sweets and I said to her that there are young girls like you that are probably working for families like mine in Nigeria and she, she was like, wow, mom, did they get paid? That's really cool. And I said, no, you know, it wasn't cool. They didn't get paid and... from there I just started I thought I need to tell I need to shed a light onto this and let the world know that this was happening
0: so the story itself is fictional yes but how true to life is everything that happens in the book
2: very true it's very true to life so I just after I'd finished writing, um, sometime in the summer, I came across another article of a nine year old girl whose head had been split open by the woman who employed her. And so I'm thinking, did I even, you know, show enough as to how harsh it could be for some of these girls? So sadly it's quite true what what is happening to many of these girls.
0: And Adeni is the title girl with the louding voice. Yes. Tell us what that means.
2: So Adini has a conversation with her mother where her mother tells her that an education will give her a voice because she was born without a voice in the sense that she was born into poverty, she was born into a society in where the girl child is can be seen as a commodity, especially in the rural parts of, of Nigeria and other 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 countries and so Adini says to herself I just don't want to have a voice I want a louding voice to her that means the the chance to get an education but also to help girls coming after her to create a legacy and to fulfill her dreams
0: what really struck me about her character is that she really suffered for suffered so much for somebody so young Mm. but she still retains hope Mm. and optimism and this conviction that you know She's capable of changing the world if she can just go to school. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. I think it was quite critical to have that hope and to have that character because growing up, many some of the girls that I saw would they would be doing their chores and they would be singing and still sometimes have a smile, but there was sadness in their eyes. And I couldn't shake that off when I started to write, and I really wanted to show that many of those girls are hopeful and have dreams, and they do smile and are happy regardless of what life throws at them, and all they want is just to achieve their dreams.
0: And because she's not educated, Mm -hmm. her English is not so great. Yeah. (laughs) And in turn, you've actually written the book in broken English. Yes. What was that process like?
2: It was quite interesting. Um, A bit challenging at first because I wanted to be as true to character as I could be. Um, And I also didn't want to... To take readers out of the experience of reading, so I try to find a balance where her English was not standard, but at the same time you could follow it through. And so the first few words, a few thousand words, I would say, were a bit like, "What am I doing here?" But once I got into a cadence, I had a glossary for her that I was using, and each time I came up with a new word, I would I would write it into the glossary and refer to it. So I kept it up throughout the book. Um, Her English gets better at some point, so I had to again try to navigate my way around that to make sure that it's not. jarring and that is still organic and true to her character so it was it was interesting
0: i was going to ask you about that because i wasn't sure if it was something i just noticed as i was reading i was like i think the english is getting better yeah it was subtle it was very subtle and you (laughs) don't realize until like you're you're getting towards like three quarters of the way of the book towards the end of the book you're like wait this yeah this is reading like a regular book now (laughs) i love too that uh, she discovers this book on facts about Nigeria mm-hmm. that she really uses to educate herself. Yes, and that as soon as she discovers it, now the reader discovers it, Absolutely. and you actually start opening chapters mm-hmm. with these facts. So in a way, she's being educated about the country she's known all yeah, her life, yeah. as well as the readers who might not know anything. And Absolutely. all those facts you didn't make those up; they're actual. They're facts.
2: actual facts, and they surprise me as well. And that's the that's the size, the the vastness of Nigeria. The diversity is such a huge country. We're not just we're not just poor people or just rich people or, you know, there's a lot to it. And I wanted to educate and wanted Ajini to see that. But I also wanted myself to see that and for my readers to see that. And I'm glad it worked out um, in that because I'd finished the book and then went back to add the, the the facts. So I had to try and tailor the facts to each of the, th- to the theme in each of the chapters. And it was very interesting
0: process. I think the one that was most striking to me was the one about the number of women who own businesses Mm -hmm. in Nigeria and that they're majority business owners. And yet we're talking about a country where you mentioned at the top of this Mm -hmm. interview, girls don't receive education. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are forced to marry young. They're subject to sexual violence. Mm -hmm. And these women, when they get married, they're they're still beholden to their husbands yeah. and that's yeah. still something that women are, are fighting
2: against. Yeah, absolutely. And it's quite interesting to see the contrast. So because of the size of the country there's, I mean, there's there's wealth but it only belongs to a small percentage and then there's a lot of poverty and seeing the chasm between the wealth and poverty and the girls that are not educated versus those that are, it's, it's such a huge gap and many of the women are doing phenomenal things, working if you go into the markets, it's the women that are selling and pushing stuff and then even if in the corporate world, the women that striving to rise to the top of their careers and doing great things. But still, women still suffer. As they do all over the world, we still have to fight to be heard, fight to rise, fight to get paid equally as men. So there's still a constant a fight against patriarchy.
0: You mentioned that education, it's important to Adani, and it's, it's also very important in Nigerian society. Absolutely. Um, do you hope that a book like this will help bring about some sort of change in in getting these young girls through school,
2: absolutely. I'm hoping that I can join the voices that are struggling to shed light on this, to create an awareness, so that a conversation can get started towards positive change. There are a few charities doing great things, but what I really want is policies to be in place against hiring young girls to make sure that young girls in poor areas are able to go to school and not have to pay for it, or at least pay a little bit, so that it's as accessible to everyone for the twelve years of their first, the first twelve years of their life. I think it's absolutely critical. I'm hoping that my book joins those voices that are doing this and shedding light on this.
0: So are you yourself a girl with a louding voice? Yes. (laughs) What's the reception been like?
2: Incredible. It's been absolutely incredible um, from the point where it was acquired. It was it went through a publisher auction. So a lot of publishers were interested in it right through to publication in, in the United States, which has just been amazing. The it, it was a read with Jenna pick. It was an instant New York Times bestseller. It's done incredibly well. And I'm so grateful the community of Bookstagrammers have been amazing. So booksellers have been great in the bookstores. Everyone's just been really supportive. And I just feel so grateful and just sometimes pinch myself that this is all happening. It's been great.
0: And I think we have a little bit of a hint of what you hope readers take away from it. But tell me, what what do you really want readers who finish reading it when they close the book? What do you want the thought that stays with them to be? Apart from the fact that I
2: wanted to shed a light on on a situation. I want Rita to take some things from Adini's spirit. She's courageous, she's resilient, she's kind. She offers kindness to people, and a kindness from others is what has helped her to get to where she is. She is eternally optimistic, constantly looking forward to the future and she doesn't give up on her dreams and I think that's probably the most important thing I want people to take away from this that there will be obstacles and things will come across our ways life because that's life but please don't give up on your dreams because you can achieve them. I love that. Thank you.
0: (laughs) And you know I have to say after finishing it myself it's one of those things you can't help but think Whatever obstacles I may be going through now, they're nothing in comparison to what these poor girls are still going through in modern society.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, we've been talking with Abby Dare. The book is The Girl with the Louding Voice. Thank you for coming in and talking to us. Thank you for having me. And shedding light on these girls who deserve so much more than what life has handed them. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And that's where we'll close the book on this chapter. Next time, we travel to deep space with Alexandra Monier and chat about the sequel to her breakout young adult hit, The Final Six. Until then, find us on Twitter and Instagram at wcbs 80 Books. I'm Lisa Chernkovich.